You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. It is the weekend. It is the end of a very long week of ridiculousness. I'm going to tell you, being a White Sox fan has been just funny this week. Just, just strange. Just silly. Just there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have come out over the last four, five, six days that make me roll my eyes and say that's so White Sox. I think right. I think top of the list is the the anger, the reaction. The, I think it was two days of talk on Sports Talk Radio about the idea of Jerry Reinsdorf meeting with the mayor of Nashville because he's going to move the team to Tennessee. Who buys that crap? That isn't going to happen. What? We've seen this act before. We, he literally pulled this, what, 30 years ago, right? He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. You're telling me he could make more money in Tennessee than he can make in Chicago? No. No, he knows he's a bad businessman. He's not going to go someplace that it's harder to make to make money. Like if it, if it was I'd be more concerned if it was Jerry Reinsdorf meeting with the mayor of Nashville and it turns out there were other investors there that are trying to bring a team to Nashville because he's planning on selling it to them and they're going to keep it in Nashville. That would be the only thing that would make me nervous. Him going and having lunch or breakfast or whatever he did with this guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's getting under your skin. He's making you think that he might take the team somewhere. But in the end, White Sox fans, after the way they've been treated for the last four decades of his rule over this franchise, we don't care. We're not buying this. We don't think you're actually going somewhere. And if you go good riddance, I'm not worried about it. Because you know what Major League Baseball will do, Ed? They'll give us an expansion team and let us keep the name the White Sox. And we'll get some like rich group that'll bring them in here on the south side. And this place will be getting championship after championship. It'll be like the Browns and the Ravens and that whole thing in the NFL years ago. Yeah, I mean, I and, and I, I heard that also from uh, Sam Fells at Deadspin. You know, we're... we're it's like it, it, it just doesn't make any sense because Nashville is a much smaller market. Look, Rob Manfred has already taken so much heat for the whole A's moving to Vegas because they're moving from Oakland in the Bay Area down to a, a smaller market. And, and But Vegas, of course, is Vegas, right? So there's something there. But, you know, when Jerry Reinsdorf did this and he was going to move down to Tampa, St. Pete, right, at least he could sit there and say, my ballpark is a century old. It's, it's really, really old. I, I can't keep up with it. It's crumbling. It's really hard to take care of. We need something new on the South side. And everyone can kind of look at that and go, oh man, you know, he might be right. Okay. But right now, I'm sorry, your, your stadium is 30 years old. It's in great shape. It's, it's, it's really, it's not a bad place. Like White Sox fans, we don't complain about the stadium being a terrible stadium. We complain about how you staff it. We complain about how you run the stadium. That's a different story, but the stadium itself is fine. I have no problems going to, to games there. And but but yeah, I just this the 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 gnashing of teeth over this. It's like it's it's such a ruse and it's such a bluff and it, there's nothing behind it. And and we should be so lucky that Jerry moves out of town and somebody else comes in and goes when when Major League Baseball in six years. By the way, his lease is up in six years. Remember, so he can't walk away now without paying a bunch of money 
to the city and the state. Maybe he'll be dead by then. He could be dead well, in six years. And that's the other thing, too. How old is this right. man? He could be dead in six years, okay? He's sitting around making plans. I, not that we wish him ill, but he's an old man. Right. Nobody even knows if he'll be around. This episode of Sacks in the Basement and every episode of Sacks in the Basement brought to you by the home of the podcast for fans by fans uh, over at Cork and Carey at the park, 33rd in Princeton, the shadow of the ballpark. They have award-winning burgers, ballpark favorites, two-for-one burgers when you dine in on Tuesdays. Go see Gino over at the bar, an extensive bar with a rotation of craft beers, familiar favorites, spirits, and wines. And then there's also Cork and Carey Beverly at 10614 Southwestern Avenue. Get your ugly sweater ready because coming up this Friday, the 15th, DJ's there from 8 p.m. until midnight, and it's an ugly sweater Christmas party. Uh, they're going to have mistletoe mules, uh, $3 bush lights. Uh, there's going to be some shots uh, specials there and everything else. Should be a good time. Uh, get over to Cork and Carry and Cork and Carry at the park. I don't buy it. I don't believe that he's actually going to move the team. He's given too many interviews. You know, that's the thing. Billionaires, people that see the rest of us as peasants, they think we're stupid. So, first of all, when he outsmarts the peasants, he gives interviews where he talks about how he outsmarted everybody, where he talks about how he had to make people believe he was going to leave so he could get what he wanted. The problem is the internet never forgets. And so video and, and also, you know, written transcript of those comments is available for everybody to see. So we all know what his act is, right? So he he calls up that mayor. I think he calls up that mayor in Nashville and he goes, uh, hey, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf here. I know you guys are looking for an expansion team. I'm one of the owners. Why don't we sit down and talk about it? And uh, I can give you some friendly advice. That guy from Nashville, the mayor, he doesn't know he was being used as a pawn. So the billionaire took the uh, the Nashville mayor and used him as a pawn, had a meeting, made sure Scott Reifer did the uh, we don't have any comment at this time thing because it just makes it sound scary, right? Oh, no, right. there's something. Oh, yeah, there it's ominous. Oh, yeah, exactly, right. right. Cue the ominous right. music, this is, but don't, don't cue it from Nancy Faust because you fired her years ago. This plays well for the folks that never graduated grammar school, right? Like the, the most intelligent animals see this act and they laugh and they go, nobody believes you old man, but he thinks we're all morons. So he went and he did this and then sports talk radio and a lot of other people bought into it because they're looking for something to talk about because it's the dead of winter, right? So they, they have to have something that they talk about. Trust me, folks, he's not going to Nashville. And if he goes to Nashville, I do believe what was written in that Deadspin article, and I don't like Deadspin at all. Uh, a, a no, site, I, I, not a huge fan, yeah, no, but, a, but, a, it, but it was a good idea. It was a, it was a hell of a good thought. A so. site with a name that's specifically trying to tell you that they don't spin anything run by a bunch of people with very skewed views. Like, <laughs> It's true. It's very true. Uh, yeah. Okay? There's a lot of spin on Deadspin, and that's one of the reasons why I don't read it. But I think that's where I got that idea from. I either I, And I didn't read it. It was somebody who told me about it. It could have been you, Ed. I don't remember what's going on in my life these days. It's very complicated in my life. But, but I do believe that Major League Baseball would not take that name and let it move to Nashville when they're doing expansion. Okay? And I also, no. don't, believe, and I also don't believe that Jerry Reinsdorf, in any world would think that he could make more money in Nashville than what he could make in Chicago. I really don't no, think that that's possible. Not, not even a little bit. And, and honestly, the only thing I disagree with you there is I, I don't think the Nashville mayor goes into it as a pawn, an unwitting pawn. I think he's looking at it going, we are a serious player for a major league franchise because I've got a major league baseball owner who's doing diligence on what happens after his lease is up in a few years, talking to me about what I can build for him and what I can do for him. So 
you know, if he's looking at ownership groups that are sitting there thinking, well, I'm going to put it, you know, somewhere else, he can sit there and go, look, I, I talked to Reinsdorf, yeah, for God's yeah. sakes, okay? I, I'm, court, I'm courting the White Sox here. Yeah. Like, you take your expansion team somewhere else. Sure, I can do it for you, okay? Then somebody should show him a picture of that monstrosity in Tampa Bay that nobody likes that they play baseball in and say- Well, that's the fun part, right? Look how these guys got fooled by the same old man you just had lunch with. <laughs> Well, and, and that's where that's the other thing, too. When you talk about, like, if you're sitting there poo-pooing us saying, well, he can make more money in Nashville. It's a burgeoning market. So was Tampa in the late 80s. And they built the TROP. And it's a disaster. And the Tampa Bay Rays, in spite of all of that, right, are the poster children for how to run a small market franchise. So you tell me, does Jerry Reinsdorf want to go down there and make money if they are forced to be a small market franchise like that? No, it's not going to happen. Socks in the Basement fans, if you're looking for exterior windows, doors, patio doors, and storm doors, look no further than Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest, who, by the way, I was just out there this week, re-signed for another full year here on Socks in the Basement, and we appreciate them and the partnership that we have with them. And from what I understand, there are a lot of satisfied Socks in the Basement listeners that have gone and gotten their exterior windows, doors, patio doors, and storm doors over at Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest. Uh, you go to see them. They don't come into your kitchen. They don't sit on your couch. Uh, they don't put their feet up on the table. You go see them. You see everything full size, all the examples, the glass etchings, the owners in the showroom also on site, all of their own installers. They don't farm out the work. They've been doing it that way for 40 years. All major brands custom made, no stock items for a perfect fit. They are a half block east of 159th and Ridgeland at 6280 159th Street. See more at windowdooroakforest.com. Let's talk about some of the other ridiculous things that I have heard this week as a White Sox fan. And one of them is the idea that the Reds were going to trade a bunch of garbage for Dylan Cease. Break this down. Well, it's not that they were going to trade garbage, but what what annoys me about it is if it's true, as reported, that you you had two pitchers that were scheduled kind of to meet, reach the major leagues in 2025, and then you had some lower-level prospects that are going to be a few years after that. And everything we've talked about and everything Chris Getz has talked about in what he wants to do in, in turning this team around and retooling, rebuilding the – see, that's the problem. I hate the word rebuild because it gets misused. Not a rebuild. They're not rebuilding. It's not a rebuild. They, they, the Sox have never done a rebuild. I'm, I'm sorry. What Rick Hahn did wasn't, doesn't count because it, it, he didn't do it right. But what Getz has talked about is basically getting this team turned around relatively quickly and using an asset like Dylan Cease to build depth, to bring in some, some stars, to fill in some holes – and the pitchers, the, the prospects that were listed seem like they are fantastic prospects. They have a, a, a bright future. But if you're going for the Reds, okay, what you're looking at is you're looking at the glut of infielders they have between India and McCain and Noelvi Marte and De La Cruz and Spencer Steer and now Jamer Candelaria that they just signed. You're looking at that. You're looking at what do they have ready to go that can help the White Sox now. I want that McCain. Can, I, can we get him in a deal? McCain? Oh, God, I would love that. Can I right? get him from your fantasy baseball team? You turned on my trade that I sent you a couple yeah, days I ago. Yeah, I did turn on your trade because it was a terrible <laughs> offer. But the thing that drove me nuts about it, seeing it, is I'm like, this, this is exactly what shouldn't be happening and shouldn't be being reported. And, and that's, you know, I, I almost, I, like, if I have any faith in the fact that there was truth to it, I think that's Chris Getz suddenly telling the Reds, Go blow it because I'm not trading with you because this is what it's going to take. You're going to have to empty your farm system for me, and they're not going to do it. I don't think that 
that is a wise move. If that's what he does with Dylan Cease is get a couple of guys that could be rotation pieces in 2025, when you want to try and start being competitive, you just don't rely on rookies when you want to be competitive. You can't rely on them. You need them to take their lumps in 24 so that they have an idea of what they need to do in 25 to succeed. Like, that's that's really what this needs to be. And so I just, I thought that was, and it continues this pattern of, oh, they're trading Dylan Cease. They must be going for prospects. They're rebuilding. It's going to be about five or six years before they're really ready to roll, which doesn't jive with keeping Luis Robert Jr. then. Let's talk about this tweet which is also one that was floating out there uh, during the week from John Morosi of MLB Network. And this also goes to the White Sox and who they could be adding to their team. And I want to read the entire tweet that he sent out, and then I want to laugh about it. White Sox and Whit Merrifield could be an excellent match in free agency. Remember that first sentence. No. Excellent match. White Sox and Whit Merrifield. No. He goes out in the exact same tweet to say, Merrifield's preferred position is second base where the White Sox haven't had an everyday player post a league average or better OPS plus since Alexei Ramirez in 2008. So a league average OPS plus is 100. Right. You know who hasn't had one of those for about four or five years? Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield! (laughs) I I don't know what the obsession is with Whit Merrifield. That's stupidity. Whit Merrifield is on the back end of his career. He was a good hitter for a little bit there with the Royals. He was never a superstar. He was a solid player. Move on. He's over. He's done. Like I, I'm sorry, Whit Merrifield for the for last year for the Blue Jays was supposed to help solidify their infield when they lost Marcus Simeon, and he was a disaster. Like he was just not good. I have been convinced for a while that Morosi is actually a Getz guy because it feels like sometimes he puts out stuff about Chris Getz, like he's he, like even when Getz was not was not even like a high ranking guy in the White Sox front office. For some reason, he would tweet something about him, right? So I always thought he was like a Getz guy. But this feels like it comes from Merrifield's camp because nobody in their right mind would say they're a good match, but it's because of the fact that they haven't had a guy with an OPS plus of 100 or better. And by the way, Whit Merrifield has not had that for years. Oh, and also, by the way, Chris Getz has stated that he wants to improve defensively with his team, and Whit Merrifield is a negative defender. Oh, my defender. God, he's, he's so limited at second base. It's not even funny. <laughs> it's like, it's, I mean, seriously, the whole week has been so stupid. If you're a White Sox fan, it's been so stupid. This is why White Sox fans were watching the Otani thing like it mattered to uh, them. It, it doesn't. It doesn't right? matter to the White Sox one little <laughs> bit, one iota where Shohei Otani lands because it was never coming here. Right. But the thing is, like, White Sox fans got into it. I noticed that, right? Like, on, on Friday, the whole thing about, like, is Otani uh, getting on a plane and flying to Toronto? And is Otani uh, going to be a Blue Jay? And uh, where's Otani going? Is he going to be a Dodger? And, like, the whole Otani watch on Friday. And I saw White Sox fans, like, getting into it. And it's because the whole week had been so stupid with things that had to do with the Chicago White Sox that it was just, like, another stupid thing you could roll into it. There was a tweet that was out. Um, that I, I saw, I, I cannot remember who sent the thing out, but it was a tweet that went out that uh, was from a season ticket holder. And the White Sox are sending out a thing about you know trying to get people who didn't renew to come back. And they put out these four things. I had written it down. The four things, they're four talking points that they're sending to season ticket holders that didn't renew to try to get them to come back. The first one is that they you get a really good price. 
Well, I don't think that really matters when I can buy in the secondary market for like $5 from the season ticket holders that still got suckered into doing this. And in the middle of the season, when this team is like 500 or worse, which is probably will be worse, but I don't know how they're going to add because this is going to be a non-competitive year. I should be able to pick out any seat I want to in the ballpark. So I don't really care. And the second thing that they're trying to push as a reason why you should have season tickets is guaranteed postseason opportunities. Again, not worried about that. Really not. I'm not Guaranteed worried about it. Postseason opportunities, like for the Blue Jays, because that'll be. <laughs> I'll go up to try. Like if you can get me, guarantee me Blue Jays tickets for the right. postseason. I'll go watch Shohei Otani hit. This is uh, the, up in Toronto. That's fine. This is the pitch from the White Sox ticket sales to get season ticket holders that didn't renew to come back to them here this December. The third thing they're pushing is flexible ticket exchange program. Because you got to have one of those when your season ticket holder is like, I don't want to go see that garbage, and wants to get rid of their tickets. That's one of the selling points. You could get rid of your tickets or exchange away from days you don't want to be bothered by this team in 2024 if you buy your tickets in advance with us. Who came up with this? Like, <laughs> who came up with this as a selling point? I mean, you want to get season ticket holders back. What are you? you, you <laughs> Do not understand. Stupid. It's just so stupid. And like, offer something for real, like free parking if you come back now. They don't understand like, their gonna... own fan base. They don't understand their fans. They've never understood their fans. They've never well, understood. Uh, that's... They see, they hear, you see, here's the thing. They hear working class Southside and they think stupid. That's the problem. That's what elitists do. Elitists. Actually, no. You know what? You know what? I disagree with that. Really? Idea. Here's what I th- here's here's what I think. Here is what I think Jerry thinks of the, of, of the fans. Okay, and what he doesn't understand. Jerry Reinsdorf came here in in the early '80s, right? And right around the time he comes here, let's Harry Carey go. Harry Carey goes over to, to Wrigley. Okay, and the Cubs lean into it, right? They lean into it. They like Wrigley Fields is a party. Come on out. Have fun. Listen to Harry on the, uh, you know, calling the games. You're coming meet him in the bleachers. You know, drink a Budweiser, drink an old style, take your shirt off. And they're talking to men, women, and children <laughs> with both the beer and the toplessness. They didn't really care. Like, this is just, this is day baseball. Take off of work. Come here. This is where the party is, right? The party was at Comiskey Park in the 70s and the 80s. That's what the Cubs are, okay? And Jerry never understood this. So he just thought everybody in Chicago, north and south side, west side, doesn't matter. Everyone's stupid, okay? And all they want to do is come out and get drunk. They're a bunch of drunk idiots. So I'll treat them like drunk idiots because they can't stay away from the ballpark because that's the best place for them to get buzzed. And then you get that study a couple of years ago that says we're the drunkest fan base anyway, right? I, and, and that was, I don't even know what the hell yeah, that was. Yeah, but here's the funny thing then. Why wouldn't you have your ticket sale thing have a point in there like sign up for season tickets? We'll give you a Miller Lite. Like that's <laughs> because he makes money on the Miller Lite, that's, Chris. That's Come what on. the problem is. That's what the problem is. Yeah, Look, the, the, I want a Miller Lite at the game. I want a Miller Lite at the game. Is I needed a mortgage last year to buy a beer for you and me. Okay, I had to put a HELOC on my home <laughs> to try and afford you know you and I to go to the game and have a couple of drinks and a couple of hot dogs because we, we couldn't find the beer ra- the the pretzel wrap brats. But he makes money off the beer because. But I think he really does think. Like, hey, baseball in Chicago is just about going out to the ballpark and being an idiot, and it has nothing to do with what's on the field. So he doesn't understand that White Sox fans do care about what's on the field. We do care how we spend our money. And if he had any iota of a thought about what working class Southside means, it means that we're not going to just throw money at stupidity. We don't have that, right? We don't have the ability to do that. We have to be careful and selective about our dollars. But we will absolutely go and spend all of our money on the White Sox 
when it's worth our time. But I think, I really honestly think he is just baffled. 40 years later, he is baffled as to why this is not what the Cubs did on, on the north side. This is not what happened on the south side. He just doesn't understand. You don't have to take out a HELOC on your home uh, because of high medical uh, benefit expenses if you go and you talk to a guy like Butch Zemar over at Elite Benefits of America. If your company's going through the medical renewal, uh, if you're in the middle of it right now, if you don't like how it's been going, if you're looking at next year saying, I want to do better, or let's say you're a company that wants to start giving medical benefits to your employees, reach out to them. Avoid those increased premiums, the out-of-pocket expenses. Uh, you know, some of your employees can go into medical bankruptcy because of the decisions you make. Do not fear. Butch Zemar and Elite Benefits of America are here. Uh, whether you run the benefits program, uh, own the company, if you yourself are buying privately on your own, Butch can help you out. Reach out to him today and have a conversation. It costs absolutely nothing and it may save you a ton. 708-535-3006 or visit EliteBenefits.net. The fourth thing that is on that season ticket holder thing is that you may be invited to some of their season ticket holder events. And we did one of those, remember? Last we did. Year? We did. We did the, right. the, uh, the appreciation day, which right. was funny because your dad was a season ticket holder, not right. either you or me. We went in there and we, we did it. And it was funny to have a bunch of other season ticket holders in there. And all they accomplished by having that event is putting a bunch of White Sox fans in the room that are angry. Like, I felt bad for the ticket agents. They were giving us free food and free beer. Oh, my gosh. They were so nice. They were such nice people. Right. They were giving us free food and free beer. It was the lowest tier. Like, that was the thing. You have a bunch of people that spend money to be at your ballpark who are very aware of all the amenities that are there. Then you bring them the lowest tier food in their suite and the lowest, cheapest domestic beer you can bring for them, and you give it to them in the room. Then you send these poor, young ticket agents that are just trying to get going in their professional career into a room with a bunch of, of fans who are angry with how the team has been run over the many, many years, hate the owner, and are sitting there going, wow, we couldn't even get the better chicken tenders? Like, And, and, and it was brutal. Right. And we, we just kind of sat back and watched it, right? A lot. We just kind of watched it. But it you was just I, like... You and I didn't even watch the game. We watched we watched Aaron Judge... <laughs> I was people watching. Hit, 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 the, ...hit the homer. And then right. we sat there and we talked to all the, other, all the other season ticket holders that were there. And everybody was... I mean, everybody was annoyed with the team. And, and there was just such disillusionment. And all the, the only justification for being there that night was exactly what you just said. I mean, the, whatever tier of the food and beer there was, at least we weren't paying for it. Right. So, folks, uh, go ahead and get yourself in there and get those season tickets because uh, you can pay for it now instead of just buying it later when tickets will be available. Uh, you can be guaranteed your postseason chances. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a really easy way for you to <laughs> exchange those tickets with somebody else who also doesn't want their tickets so you can just keep passing them around because in the end, it's July and you'd much rather be doing something else. <laughs> It's a great, I mean, oh seriously, gosh. if only they put this kind of effort in the building the team over the last couple of years, they wouldn't have so many problems. I mean, but I, I would love, I would love to know how many people like read that and say, yeah, I want to, I want to sign up for my tickets now. Like, who does that convince? You know, it's just like, and it's, it, it's just the way that the team runs. But again, it adds to the ridiculous week that has been White Sox baseball. Thing. The Sox nerd, Dave Marin, the guy that sits up there on the scoreboard. Actually, he's not in the scoreboard. They don't do that anymore. In these modern ballparks, 
He sits in a seat of luxury somewhere behind home plate. Uh, he probably gets the best food brought to him at all times. There's probably a runner that brings him whatever he needs. Soxner puts his hand up, and somebody brings him something while he puts all those stats up there on the board, and he's got some tidbits for you today. He's all brought to you by uh, the Village of Lamont. Want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, and green spaces filled with adventure? Visit the Village of Lamont. Shop, dine, drink, explore, and on the date this episode comes out, Saturday, the 9th of December, they are having their big Christmas festival, food trucks, Santa Claus, people singing, the place is lit up. Go visit downtown Lamont, see more at lamontdowntown.com. Nerd, how you doing? Great, Chris, how are you? Good, what is the thing you call for the most when you're sitting there? What is there a sandwich you like the most up there? I was going to say, you had everything right about that intro, except the fact that I don't have food brought to me. (laughs) 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 They don't bring food to me, no. No, I get a little little dinner, and then it's off to work. Uh, uh, you know, that's a shame. Although I'm not surprised that you do not get food brought to you. So what do you got for me today? Chris, let's take a look, Sox nerd style, at the players the White Sox have picked up recently. First, Rule 5 selection, Shane Drohan. Being a Florida State product, I'm sure the left-handed pitcher is reeling over his school's puzzling exclusion from the college football playoffs. What's puzzling to me, though, is how few Florida Staters have actually played for the Sox. With FSU being a warm-weather school and a baseball blue blood, you'd think many Seminoles would have made their way onto Sox rosters over the years, but only four have. Dick Brown, Jim Lytle, Bruce Tanner, and Mark Gilbert. Tanner, the son of former Sox manager Chuck Tanner, was the last Florida Stater to play for the White Sox, and that was in 1985. Next, Eric Fetty. Years before he became one of the greatest one-season pitchers in the history of the Korean baseball organization, the right-hander was a high school teammate of Bryce Harper's in Las Vegas. While at the school, Fetty also led the team to a state soccer championship in 2009. Continuing with Nicky Lopez, the only Naperville Central grad to play in the bigs, Lopez was second among AL second basemen with a 990 fielding percentage for the 2019 Royals. You know who was first? The Sox, Yolmer Sanchez at 991. Finally, Paul DeYoung. This is a smart dude. Not only did DeYoung graduate cum laude from Antioch High School and was a member of the National Honor Roll in 2011, he majored in biochemistry and pre-med while playing three seasons at Illinois State. If that weren't enough, DeYoung's top future star card notes his work with world-renowned scientist Dr. Lawrence Rocks on the study of heat effects on a baseball. Before putting that last nugget, which I gleaned from the Cardinals media guy on the board, I Googled it to confirm, and yes, it checks out. Before I get to my zinger, I remind you that these gems and long-form pieces, including ones on Lopez and DeYoung, are on my blog, which you can link to at SoxInTheBasement.com. My zinger, I never knew Jim Leyland was so popular, especially with Sox fans. The Twitter thread I assembled on him after he was elected to the Hall of Fame had been seen nearly 33,000 times which is a lot for me. Usually my stuff averages around 100 views or so. How about a zinger from that thread? The first game Leland ever managed after leaving his post as White Sox third base coach was the Pirates' Grapefruit League opener in 1986 against the White Sox, who prevailed 3-2. to two. That game featured a lot of familiar names like Ozzie Guillen, Kenny Williams, Ron Kittle, and Harold Baines. But nestled at the bottom of that box score was one of the most controversial names in history in Barry Bonds. In his first game in a Pirates uniform, Bond was 0 for 2 off the bench that day. That's it, Chris. 
probably more than you ever wanted to know about Florida State, Yomer Sanchez, and how he affects a baseball. And finally this week, the White Sox have outrighted pitcher Edgar Navarro, bringing the 40-man down to 30, but that's because they had to find room for their newly acquired pitcher, uh, Eric Fetty, who has, it was not official yet, so they have to make some room for him. And then I guess we'll sit back and, and we'll wait and see what happens next week. But this has been a week in White Sox stupidity. How about that? <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.